0: Antoine Hunter is a deaf dancer and the founder and artistic director of the Urban Jazz Dance Company. It is one of the only deaf led dance companies in the United States and the only black deaf led dance company in California. This dance company is made up of deaf and hearing dancers and has performed all over the world. Born Deaf, Antoine's language is visual. He communicates by using his body to express the raw emotion and energy of the music. This visual language needs no interpretation. He is an award-winning dancer and choreographer. What's even more impressive, nine years ago, he founded the Bay Area International Deaf Dance Festival. In November of 2021, with the help of an interpreter, Jay and I had the honor of interviewing Purple Fire Crow, also known as Antoine Hunter.
1: I'm Susan Brown. I'm Michaela Joy O'Shea.
2: And I'm Jay Yee. You're listening
0: to Beyond the Fog Radio.
2: Our podcast about the untold stories of San Francisco's long history, from the people that have helped shape it. Whether you're new to San Francisco or have lived here your entire life, join us as we share the stories of our city by the bay.
1: It was one of those gloriously sunny November San Francisco days at the Palace of Fine Arts. And we all showed up and Susan got this text message saying, Mr. Hunter is looking for you. And we looked over and there he was standing there in the sunlight, just emulating all the magical sparkliness that is Antoine Hunter. And then we sat down and Spoke with him with an interpreter. I did not get the privilege of speaking with him myself, but I got to be in the background photographing the scene. Take a listen to Antoine Hunter.
0: We cannot thank you enough for joining us on Beyond the Fog Radio.
3: Oh, I'm here. Thank you.
0: So I wanted to find out a little bit about your personal history. Where are you from and what was your childhood like? I grew up in Oakland, California.
3: I love to stay the home of the Black Pastors. You know, I'm very proud. It is, I grew up where people value the art. We value family. We value supporting each other as humanity and that's what I... You know, half inside myself growing up in Oakland, California. My mother, Charlie Mitchell, sister in mom, who took care of us five. It was my cousin that lived with us. It was our adopted brothers and my two sisters. If people ask me who's my role model, that's my mother. Uh. That's where I get my stress from. And
0: I'm deaf. I love
3: being deaf. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: Describe that, because you're... A dancer, and your language is visual. So describe the beauty of having visual as your language. I think because
3: I was grew up from a single mom, my mom taught love yourself. It's though me being deaf is who I am. It's part of my DNA. So I can't split it apart from being black and deaf. It's split apart? No, it's together. I'm black and I'm deaf, and I'm proud. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And it makes me feel like I'm dancing, like, you know, with Shane Brown when you say I'm black and, you know, I'm black and I'm proud. Um, I just add that to it. I'm black and I'm deaf and I'm proud.
0: Right. Because being black and deaf and proud is exactly who you are, and that's beautiful. And what a wonderful thing to learn from your mom, that you should be proud of who you are. Everyone should celebrate who they are. That's wonderful.
3: And I think when I watched my mother... Continue to fight for us in many different places. Fight for us to have food, education, experience. It makes me want to be that for my community. Fight for my community to have food, the right to be seen and love who they are. I think for one thing that was made me really different from a lot of people. I really actually love being who I am. Um, I didn't feel that being deaf needs to be a feeling that we need to think as a curse. No, it was my gift to see and hear things differently in the world.
0: Exactly. How did you find dance? And what age were you when you found dance?
3: Oh, I tell people I was dancing in my mother's womb. You know? <laughs> <laughs> slow down, slow down. <laughs> but it didn't hit me until high school and I went to Skyline High School. The same you know, school that Tom Hank went to. Right. Yes, Sky- it Skyline High Yeah. Skyline High School. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, so beautiful performing art high school. But I would say, enjoying the journey as a deaf person wasn't easy. I spoke very poetic with my words. And some vocabulary I may not speak correctly, then people would say, Why you talk like that? Oh. And yeah. And me being deaf, so you can't hear me. I've never met any deaf person. They wouldn't really listening to me. And so I felt I wanted to take myself out from the world. Mm. Unfortunately, I felt suicidal, you know. But it wasn't until Miss Chain, Dawn Jane, my high school dance teacher, told everyone to make a group dance. No one wanted to join my group mm-hmm. Me, dance with me, because I was the only one deaf in
1: there.
3: Okay. So I, I told the one of them, She said, why don't you go ahead and do a solo? So I did. I did a solo with Whitney Houston. Yes. Clothes, uh, what's the name of that song? Oh, and I Will Always Love You. Exactly. That's a beautiful <laughs> song. Yeah. So I danced to that. I was dancing, dancing. And one moment, there's the instrumental break. And I felt like that lightning was taking over my body to wave. The so fire that was in me. Everything was just blind. There was no people in the room. And I was just dancing to all that emotion that flooded in me. Uh, when the music stopped, I felt that people were like, stop watching. So I knew the music faded out. And everyone started playing. And my teacher asked, what did you see? And they said that he was alone. That... He was looking for the love. And I was like, that's right. That's when I learned that dance was a way to communicate with the world.
0: That's amazing. And then when the music is on, you feel the vibration of the music. Is that correct? Yeah,
3: yeah. And, well, you know, when I jump, there's no vibration to feel sometimes. I think it's about the energy that flows because sound does have energy. It vibrates. You know, people who listening to music and vibrate from their body and energy from their emotion, you know. So I start to feel that I'm I'm, maybe you can stay uniquely different for how I feel the energy in the room, you know, like that. Um,
0: You feel the vibration, but you also feel the energy of the song in the room, and that's what makes you dance. Yes, yeah. That's amazing. So then, when you do. Choreography, when you choose a piece, how do you do that? Oh,
3: I, you know, back in the day, for was like a record player. <laughs> you know, I would look at the record player, and I would see the front cover, and there's Miles Davis, there's this Well, I did, like, let's say, the uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, something about the energy from the music that I'm listening to, the energy from it, and the vibration from it makes me be pulled to it, how I pick the music. Some music that have a strong bass, like drumming, like Afro, I won't just say it's because it's drum, but it's also connected to my DNA, you know, my Afro root. Right. And so
0: that makes me move, you understand <laughs> yeah, right. that? Right. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. So now you have a dance company, is that right? Is, what is it called? Yes.
3: It's called Urban Jazz Dance Company, uh, U R B A N Jazz Dance Company,
0: Urban Jazz Company. Okay. And people in the company are they hearing and deaf, or just deaf?
3: Well, when I first started off, it was all hearing, and then later more deaf people started coming, and then at one point it was completely all deaf. Wow. So it's a five humans. Yes, Deaf and Hearing.
0: So it's Deaf and Hearing, and you are the artistic director, and you're the choreographer, is that correct? Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, yeah, so I'm the founder, director, choreographer.
0: That's so fantastic. Are there other Deaf dance companies, or is yours one of the only ones?
3: Well, there's a, uh, other dance company that's led by Deaf in USA. Yeah. There's a the higher number of Deaf dance companies tend to be led by hearing people. It's a little bit different. We're the only in the Bay Area deaf dance company. Well, no.
0: yeah, and you're, and it's led by someone who is deaf, which makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, that's amazing.
3: Yeah, it's very rare uh, to have a, especially black deaf person to lead it. But opportunity can be very, a larger bill. Um uh, people were like, well, you're deaf, that's challenge you're black. Mm. <laughs> and you're from Oakland? <laughs> mm. Right. Well, Sometimes I used to, I used to start off with, what's wrong with Oakland? <laughs> it's beautiful. I know. The Bay Area is beautiful. Strong people leave. Many people came to the Bay Area. Uh, uh, I just think we just need to give people opportunities. Uh, and I learned how to manage your business. Next year, uh, August 2022, will be the fifteen year anniversary for Urban Jazz Dance Company.
0: You've been around for 15 years?
3: 15 years.
0: Wow, that's incredible. I didn't know that the Urban Jazz Dance Company has been around for 15 years. But where do you perform? We
3: perform all over the world. I'm probably Perform in Russia with over sold out eight hundred people standing up watching our show. Here in San Francisco, Oakland, Columbia, South America, all over. I'm just really honored. I hope we do Australia. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would
0: be fantastic.
3: Yeah, we try to learn different sign language from other people in the country. Well, when I, I'm dancing in my choreography, I use American Sign Language. Right. But when I go to other countries, we have a different kind of sign language. Right. So I learned their language, and I put them into the performance, and they feel very included. Mm. I don't understand what it's like to, have to be included.
0: That's so important to make sure that everyone's included. And, you know, like you said, there's American Sign Language, which is what, which is what we use in, here in the United States. But all the other countries have their own sign languages. So you have to learn those sign languages, and then include that in your choreography, which is yeah. fantastic.
3: Yeah, so it's really, really important. The connection that dance saved my life when I learned that dance had the power to communicate with the world. I want to make sure everyone feel free to use dance or any art to stay alive and connect with the world. I'd like to go back to
2: high school at your first dance performance, where you discovered dance is communication. How has that led your career? Where did you go from there?
3: I didn't try to have a dance career. I just knew that dance and stuff saved my life, and then I was awoke. So woke. You know, maybe I would say deaf-woke. I look at the society and I say, are we really listening to each other? We just need to find a way to listen to each other. Yeah. I'm deaf or a deaf or deaf so that was my mission. That was my duty. That's who I am. But at the assignment became what? I want to learn all kinds of dance in the world, like speaking different kinds of languages. Right. So I went learning different kinds of dances.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And did you then pursue dance in
3: college? How did that evolve? Right on that last year of dancing in high school, it was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> I was so hooking, dancing, I wasn't even thinking about college. Right. No. So my dance teacher at the last minute had the invitation to audition for California Institute of the Art. So I auditioned for that. Yeah. I fell down, got back up with a smile on my face, (laughs) and I just love learning different styles of dance. I was doing things I never saw before, so they accepted me. That's amazing. Yes. California Institute of the Arts is in Felicia, California. It's close to Magic Mountain. So uh, I was still in California, so I was like, yay! <laughs> uh, but that challenging time, dancing, doing something that I love, when I asked that to communicate, like having an interpreter for my academic classes, oh, man, that was hard. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, it was. So dancing was the easy part, but academic with the whole different ball game, They had to learn how to work with a deaf person, so I was teaching them while I was learning about college life.
2: Sure. Before you got into dance, was there already a big dance community
3: for people who are deaf? I didn't know anything about that. But, uh, when I went to Scotland High School, we have... Deaf people there too, but it's the larger community of human people. Right. Yeah. I didn't get the exposure in Oakland, California to see other deaf people. And that's why it's the big important thing for me. I started to have a company to show deaf people around the world. Yeah. So when I started traveling, I started meeting other deaf people around the world. That's when I started yeah. seeing deaf. Yeah. If you ask, like, what did I have to do to get? Deaf people to be saying, I found the Bay Area International Deaf Dance Festival. Yeah. And deaf people from around the world will come to San Francisco. They came from Australia. They came from Germany, UK, Colombia, yeah. Jamaica, a lot from all over the world. And next year for twenty twenty two will be the ten year anniversary. Right. That's phenomenal.
2: You know what I love about your story is that you have brought community together. And you've also brought hearing and deaf together. We're now bridging the two worlds so that everyone's included.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's wonderful. Maybe you never heard about it, but here in America, most people who have hearing families, one of them will be deaf. So it's not a lot like, deaf families. There are some gener- generation of deaf families. Mom mm-hmm. and dad are deaf, and everyone is deaf, but most of them... We'll have, like, like me. I'm the only deaf person in my family. Right. So when it's time to go out to have a family time together, do movie theaters have captions? Sometimes not. Where can we have a family show? So that's where the Barry International Deaf Day Festival stepped in, or the Deaf Company stepped in. Like you said, family right. and deaf together.
2: Yeah. I can just imagine how many lives were impacted and even saved
3: that you created this.
0: When you were in school, did they have services for you, for your, your academics, or was that they didn't?
3: It took some time for them to do some research, so when I arrived, no. 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 It was almost like I was the first deaf to admit that I was deaf. I won't say I was the first deaf to go to that school. I learned that there was some deaf people that went to the school and other school. They don't tell people that they're deaf because they don't want to be seen differently and they're trying to make it. Sometimes when you let people know if you're disabled, you're deaf, something different about you, they make it harder for you to do what you love.
0: But when you were doing the academics and if you didn't have an interpreter, how did you make your way through?
3: Oh, I had to teach myself everything that I'm learning from the school. I grabbed the book, I stayed up all night, I admitted... It's, I had zero to three hours of sleep every day, but I was excited. My high school dance teachers would be like a sponge, stoke everything up. And I am trying to stoke it up so I could bring it back to Oakland with the bear and wring it out. It was wherever I were. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's amazing. Wonderful.
2: Well, we're in a very perfect spot to have this interview because during this time of year, every year, it's the SF International Hip-Hop Dance Festival with Michaela. Cool. And she's not having it this year. It's, it's virtual. So how has your company and the rest of the dance community, like,
3: are you guys doing projects together now and collaborating? And Thank you for asking. I love the hip-hop festival, by the way. <laughs> they great people. I would say deaf and disability community, many of us are used to being creative, trying to survive, get through life. So that's every day. If it's not something that's accessible for deaf people, we're creating something. So I had to get creative. I stopped immediately that we were in Corville. because that thing was locked down. But do the show stop? No. So I've already knew about Zoom way before I used it, Zoom and Skype to communicate. Of course. With of
0: course. Right.
3: Well, you have an international deaf dance festival. You have to communicate with people around the world. And I can use my phone. So Zoom and Skype with visual.
0: It's visual, right.
3: So I had to introduce that to other people how to use the hmm so Let's go ahead and get on Zoom. And how do we make it accessible for everyone? So we got on Zoom. We did it live for everyone performances. And some people were pre recorded. And there were some people who spoke different sign language, Spanish sign language. Some people who are artists themselves do Spanish sign language, so we need a translator to speak English. Wow. We have them there. We had international sign language for like a a little bit of everything come together with sign language. Then we had captions. Live captioning. And uh, we have audio description for blind. And we use DOOM. They have a different language channel bot. But they have no channel bot for audio description. So I told everyone to use uh, French channel uh, if you need to for uh, audio description. So we made that work. We had a three-night show, a four-week workshop everything we made it we survived and people would call us and ask us how we did it but that's how we did it Mm. congratulations that was a success thank you thank you um i gotta be grateful to learn how to do diva to to sleep (laughs) yes i can see that you know as we look into the future
2: and you you know you've started you could say you're at the center of what you've created the community that you've created how would you like to see this grow? How would you like to see more deaf representation, more integration in the community?
3: Being deaf, we already face the so much because people are not taking the time to listen to each other and learn how to slow down right. and listen. How do we listen? There's so many ways. You can write to each other. Right. You can actually learn sign language. Yes. You can hire an interpreter. You can make dance. like I'm dancing to communicate. So I'm hoping that people create a space just like I do to feel welcome. Yeah. I am I'm hoping that people will let us feel welcome in the world for anywhere we try to go. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to have my festival here in the space. Power fine art, YBCA. Many people are still afraid to see something different. Deaf people coming here? Oh, I don't know if it's going to work. Why? We've already been part of the Earth for Maybe many of the greatest conventions made by a deaf person. People who used their map to see the astronomy stars out there were created by a deaf woman. Wow. What well, I'm hoping for the future. Very international death death Festival of the death Dance Company. Other deaf business continues to survive. Right. Yeah. I hope that we continue to survive. Many death business closed down fast. We know during COVID, many business closed down. Right. But disability community, people of color community, the business were going down first or fastest. Right. Yeah. During
2: quarantine, businesses were owned by people of color, people who are deaf, those businesses go down faster. There's, there's more challenge there.
0: I am so inspired by what it is that you've been doing. Really, it's phenomenal. So,
3: Thank you. Yeah.
2: Thank
0: you.
3: It's been a long fight. I'm going to continue to fight. I'm trying to stay brave. Uh, it's scary to be out there. I hope that people understand that I'm trying to be the voice for my community i said that uh, even the lion needs their community
0: yes yes of course yeah yeah so all three of us want to thank you so much for joining us on beyond the fog radio it's really our honor and our pleasure and you've taught us so much today so thank you so much
1: Wow! All I can say is wow because Antoine is such a visual person. He has a visual language which I resonate with pretty hard. You know, being a photographer, that kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. And so, just watching the way that he uses his whole body to communicate—not only speaking, but in his dance—he allowed me to photograph him dancing. I, um, I was like, hey, will you just do some poses? And then he. He basically made everybody in that dome of the Palace of Fine Arts just step back. Like people that were just wandering around were just looking at him because he in his expressive movements I keep using magic and sparkly wow. but he just is so magical and sparkly.
2: <laughs> yeah, his movement his movements are mesmerizing. When Susan and I sat down to interview him we didn't know how this was going to go. We hired an interpreter, and but there was so much communication happening, and more so in the silence than in the speaking.
1: Oh, that's so we're profound. We were just
2: moved to tears, and I'm so inspired by this person.
0: Yeah, I was moved to tears also. He's really, truly, he's so expressive, and he's really expressing directly from his heart 24-7. So my eyes were watering often and i got to use my sign language i learned sign language when i went to nyu that was my wow. my dad's idea was for me to learn sign language so that i can interpret for the deaf in between when i wasn't doing any acting cuz at the huh. time i wanted to be an actress so i learned sign language and i was really surprised that a lot of it came back and it was so fun to use my sign language and to talk to Antoine and of course we needed the help with the interpreter more than the help. We needed the communication, but it was such a really one of the most inspirational interviews that we've done to date.
2: And to learn Susan. Yes. That you have signing skills. <laughs> I was knocked back. I was like, wow. Yeah,
1: me check too. Her out. I was like, we need an interpreter. Susan's right here. <laughs> you two were just communicating. Why did we pay for this great. guy? We just yeah. need
2: we just need <laughs> Susan.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh man. Speaking of that, you know, your dad telling you it was a good idea to learn it. After being with Antoine, I was like, wow, I should probably learn how to sign. This would be a Me
1: great too. thing. Me too, right? Yeah, yeah I know, I remember, I remember learning how to do the alphabet and how to say thank you, Yeah, and I remember the alphabet, but yeah, it's such a unique way to be able to communicate with someone, and I, I think it should be a universal language, to be honest.
2: Yes, and just like if we were all to learn sign language, it would include everyone.
1: Right, that's what right, I mean which, by uni- it is a universal language. Yeah. I feel like everyone yeah. <laughs> in the world should learn it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still thinking about the interview. It was just so great.
0: Yeah, so great. I mean, I love. I just loved everything about the dance and how it's very inclusive of everyone. And he really uses dance and the visual language as a way of communication, but also as a way of healing. It's just Fantastic and dance literally saved his life, and that came across in the interview so strongly. It's a super powerful interview. I, he's amazing. I know. I will go and see urban jazz dance perform sometime. I didn't even know that they existed, and now I'm so happy that I do. That they, I know. Yeah. I'm so happy.
2: What a way to end the series, the history of dance. And, you know, at the end of each series, we, of course, have an interview with someone in the food industry. Okay. And one of my favorite things to do. So next week, we're going to end our History of Dance series with Shelly Lidgren, founder and owner of A16 here in the San Francisco Bay Area. We can't wait for you to meet her. She's wonderful.
0: And you can find that new episode and all of our new episodes every Wednesday, and you can subscribe on Google, Apple, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. We would love for you to subscribe because that means that we can continue bringing these wonderful Bay Area luminaries for you to hear their stories.
1: And make sure you check us out on our social media as we will have this special interview on YouTube with subtitles so that the deaf and hard of hearing community can enjoy this as well. We are at Beyond the Fog Radio on Instagram and Facebook and on YouTube.
2: That's right. And once again, thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beyond the Fog Radio. And until next week, take care. Bye bye now.
1: Bye. See ya. Bye. podcast is created by Connor Chang, Tim Johnson, Tim O'Shea, Arliss Hayes, and the three of us.
0: Beyond the Fog Radio, all rights reserved, 2021.